You are listening to the Conquering Evers Podcast. This is episode 46. Welcome to the Conquering Everest Podcast. My name is Brian Talore. I am the founder of Everest Life Coaching, where I help people just like you reclaim your truest identity, rediscover your purpose and passion, and live life, well, live life with courage and conviction. Now, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you listening. I truly appreciate you spending a little bit of your day here with me. And if you don't mind, after you're done listening listening to today's episode, uh, go ahead and share it out on your social media feeds. Let your families and your friends know that that, uh, we're out here. Conquering Everest is out here. We're looking to bring, uh, well, just bring a little love and hope to the world uh, by sharing our stories of triumph over tragedy. Now, you might have heard me chuckle a little bit there as I go through this. This is only about my 17th take trying to get this. So, uh, you know, hey, you know, it, it being a podcaster, well, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get the words out. But anyways, we're here. This is the last take. We're doing it. And you know what? By golly, we've got a great show for you today. My guests today are Don and Gina Grothoff. They are the parents of children who have suffered from obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD. Now, they'll tell you their journey has been a long, traumatic, and difficult one, but they've learned a lot over the years, and and now they've kind of made it their mission to, to, to help families that are struggling with OCD as well. Don is an author, a speaker, an EFT practitioner, and a family coach, and his lovely wife, Gina, well, she's an occupational therapist. And, well, I think you're going to like this one here. Uh, This is my conversation with Don and Gina, and this is their story. All right. I think we're I think we're live, or at least live for us. Uh, Don and Gina, welcome to the Conquering Evers podcast. Thank you, Evan. It's neat to be here. It is. You guys, this will be uh, the topic that we're going to be talking about today is the first time that I've had anyone on the show to talk about this topic, but I know it definitely affects a lot of families and people, so I can't wait to to kind of dig in and get your um, your insights and your experience. But before we get there, uh, let's take a moment and just uh, let the viewers uh, and, and our, our listeners know a little bit about who Don and Gina Well, um, we're the parents of three kids. Um, I'm an occupational therapist uh, and have worked in adult and geriatric rehab for 28 years. Uh, Myself, I'm I'm Don, and I um, I also have three kids. It's amazing (laughs) we have. Yeah, Um, how that works. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting how that works. But uh, I'm a alternative practitioner. I'm an EFT or emotional freedom techniques practitioner, tapping uh, practitioner. Uh, and I've been, I've been tapping for, gosh, almost 20 years now. And then in practice, I actually went through the whole training of it in practice for over nine years now. Okay. And I, it, we both, uh, in our practice, uh, it's called Focus Healthy Family. We work with parents and families that uh, are going through 
kind of what some of what we went through with the OCD, but just even with anxiety or, you know, just behavior issues, things like that, helping them to get through it and kind of come back together as a family. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your experience with that. You um, actually, one of your children uh, did suffer from, I guess, suffers the right word uh, from OCD. What, what was that like? For you guys, for your family? We actually have both our daughters um, have suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Um, But the first one. um, That was the tough one. It it was. um, She was eight years old when these little weird symptoms, which we didn't realize what was going on, kind of snowballed into this mess of fear and um, anxiety, anger, and pretty much her personality changed almost overnight. She was this easy, carefree kid. Um, Her brother was kind of the rigid, regimented kid. I had a friend who she was over washing her hands for probably a good year before the severe onset. And a friend who has OCD said, you know, this could be OCD. And I remember thinking, no, you know, Harrison's a organized the rigid one you know it's kind of that stereotype that's out there that OCD means you're you know you want things neat you're organized you're anal which is not really what the disorder is and we found that out unfortunately the hard way (laughs) very hard way we we, in fact we just did a a podcast where we we talked about this and we talked about one of the nights where I that I remembered especially where it really kind of I guess, took off, you know, where, um, and it it was a typical Saturday night. uh, And my daughter had a friend over for a sleepover. She, they'd been, her friend had been there for about half the day, I guess. And they just having fun. You could hear them up in the room giggling and laughing and doing typical, you know, sleepover girl things, you know, and about nine o'clock, she stepped into the bathroom to go to the bathroom something happened and she came out this frightened anxious uh little girl that couldn't enter her bedroom again because it was Mm. dirty and i I use those in quotation marks because it if you know our house you know especially now we have two dogs (laughs) and three cats uh, Mm -hmm. even though i don't we didn't really have that then but it was not a it was a typical house it was dirty there were and her you fears know. weren't about actual dirt. Yeah. It was sort of this imaginary, it's been contaminated. Yeah. Mm. Um, and she, she kind of came to me quietly and she's like, I can't go in my room. And I'm like, what's going on? Because we didn't realize what was you know really going on with her. And she's like, I can't step in my room. Well, and she was extremely upset because her friend was still in the room and, and she didn't know how we were going to get her out of there safely. Um, and Gina, I remember went around the house collecting up rugs, little throw rugs. Um, and we had to make a rug pathway to her bed, uh, and to get her friend out and to yeah, get I her remember to bed. making it a game. Cause she wasn't going to step on a hardwood floor of like, you know, here's some lily pads in the water or yeah. whatever, and trying to make light of it, you know, to not alarm her friend and for not her not to be too embarrassed. Um, and somehow we, we got through we got that through that night and yet it was kind of a snowball from there of things just, yeah, I mean, that, that night we, we just thought, 
oh, you know, she probably wasn't was off. She wasn't feeling good. Something was, you know, like that. But it was, I remember too, also about two weeks later, I walked in a room, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night, and my pants leg touched her bedspread and she went ballistic. She mm. just, she wanted the whole room, first she wanted the whole room, like I think burned or, you know, or just to clean, to get yeah. the Clorox out and clean everything. And course i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't i didn't handle that well i was like there's no way it's 11 o'clock you know whatever time it was and it led into about a four-hour battle you know where she went she went into our bathroom and washed her hands for hours and made this the just a total mess of the i mean flooded the bathroom soap and tore things and did all kinds of stuff she was just rampaging in those early days we didn't we knew she was over cleaning and washing and felt like things were dirty or contaminated, but we didn't really understand why she wasn't talking a lot about, you know, the reasons and what was going on behind things. And so we kind of, and night times were really oh tough. She would resist sleep and it, anyone who's got anxiety issues at night, it just ruminates in her brain. And with obsessive compulsive disorder, there's obsessive thoughts. And so it just ramps up at night. You're laying there, it's dark, it's quiet. Your mind's not busy with other things and it would just ramp up and she'd resist sleep. And there was a stretch of time where we just watched, you know, this was before streaming TV, sat and watched old rerun shows. I think she's seen every mm. Golden Girl episode and every, uh, Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, until she like passed out from fatigue at like three or four in the morning um and then wake up screaming at six in the yeah morning. and wake up and just be still in that state of it was panic a, or anger. it was probably the toughest time i think in my life you know because it was just so stressful you know and her younger sister was a year old at the time and she had her older brother was 12 and her rage got such that she didn't want him doing things, her older brother, and it affected their relationship. And he kind of had to fend for himself. Um, you know, all our attention was going to help her figuring out what was going on, you know, as we started to look for help and resources for her. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, it, and she took it out a lot on me too. I, it seemed like I was a kind of a, a target for her to, Tara, Did, to even even physically to you know swinging hit. at you hitting at you yeah so it, now when that manifested with her did you guys like realize that it was ocd pretty quickly or was that kind of a foreign topic for you like you're like what's going on i don't understand well you know my friend had suggested it when she was about seven and mm. as an occupational therapist i did have training in mental health um, so understanding of the basic disorders and things. And so when it got that bad, I realized that's probably what it was um, from that background, I believe that I had and from talking with my friend. Um, we weren't quick to label it, though. We I didn't want to label her. I wanted to try all kinds of alternative things, change her diet to get some help for her. And in the long run, I realized that that was a disservice to her, that because someone with OCD they realize that these compulsions that they have don't make sense. And yet their brain is stuck on this loop that they have to do these behaviors, these compulsions or something bad is going to happen. And so when we finally labeled it, you know, it helped her realize, you know, this isn't her fault. It's not, you know, she's not 
out of her mind or, you know, it's. Um, and it feels that way, though. And, you yeah. Know. And, and to help understand that this is what she's going through. It's not who she is. It's, you know, it's an illness, just like any other kind of illness that she's struggling with, that her brain is kind of malfunctioning in this loop. And, uh, and, and crazy. And, you know, very illogical. Uh, you know, the, the things that she thought and believed, uh, you know, uh, example, you know, the, and I, I found this out much later, what was going on. But at the time, what was happening is, you know, I'd come in, we'd come into the bathroom and find this pile of toilet paper in the trash. I mean, a stack of it. And, mm -hmm. and she would unravel the toilet paper like crazy and rip it off, throw it away before she would start using it. And later on, you know, some years later, she finally was able to tell me what was going on. Her belief was that it, you got to understand our, our bathrooms are second level as where you have a two story house. She believed with her whole heart that somebody got in, came into a screened in. Or someone might have. Might have, yeah. The possibility yeah. existed that someone came, came in, in and poisoned the toilet paper, poisoned her toothbrush, poisoned a number of things. So she felt like she had to do these behaviors and clear out the, <laughs> the, the, um, the toilet paper, had to cover her toothbrush and all these things to protect these things. And with OCD, someone has a either an irrational thought or a rational thought that's taken to an irrational level. Um, and that they have to engage in different compulsive behaviors or avoiding behaviors to prevent something terrible from happening. And uh, it, it's hard on anybody. And for a child, it's um, really challenging. Yeah. Challenging is for the parents to figure out what's going on. Well, yeah, and I'd like to just ask you guys with on the parent side of things, because um, I've known uh, parents that have children with extreme anxiety. And, and I know it's easy for a parent, you know, you try all these different things, you try to make sense of it, and then you find yourself exhausted going to bed at night and feeling kind of guilty because, you know, maybe, you know, you kind of, you try to shift away from the, like, just just calm down, just relax, but then you feel guilty because you're not doing everything you can and you're you're not sure what's going on. Did you guys face that or you're just oh kind of going God, to bed? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, like we said, and when she was really <laughs> flared up with, she couldn't go to sleep, it, it was very exhausting and, and draining and taking all of our energy. And we had two other kids to take care of too. And yeah, we did wonder, you know, what's, what, what is this? Why is this happening? What's, what's going on here? Well, and are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the wrong thing? Are we doing too much, too little, you know, all those questions bombarded us. I mean, and, and then you, you walk on, we kind of, we call it walking on eggshells. You, you were constantly. Because one you, minute she could seem fine and everything's going okay. <laughs> and then something would happen, usually unknown to us, that would set her off and set her into this panic and this fear. And so you were always kind of worried about that happening and anxious and. Um, oh, yeah. I used to, if, if it was like nine o'clock and we're getting ready for bed and we hadn't had any kind of incidences i would like oh we're gonna make it we're gonna make it to bedtime <laughs> without anything and sure enough something would would trigger and it would you know off the off the chart how did it impact her brother and sister um did did they become kind of standoffish or 
So her and her older brother were pretty close. We homeschool our kids. So they've been used to being together, doing activities together. And, you know, her fears and things were, she would literally try to stop her brother from leaving the house and going off and doing things for himself. Mm -hmm. So it, it definitely interfered with their relationship. Um, it got a little jumpy around her too, because she could have some times of, you know, rough, roughing with them, hitting them or something. Right. So I, he got a little bit triggered, didn't really want to be around her. Yeah. Yeah. So there was definitely a lot of anger and tension there. Her younger sister being just over a year old, we really feel she has some post-traumatic stress disorder from this experience at such a young age to have her older sister suddenly kind of flip out and just change her personality and be screaming and throwing things. And, she, you know, she's a petite young woman now, but she was then too at eight, but yet, you know, she could throw she a chair was, she, she was and powerful. just be yeah. angry and yelling and, One, and come in at, at two o'clock in the morning and scream in our bedroom or something and wake, wake the, the youngest one up with the kind of a startle that would, you know, I'm sure affected her and anger and, and stress. And everything. yeah, I remember, um, I guess in the middle of things when things were really rough, watching like old videos or looking at pictures of when the, the two of them were younger and just seeing how we did things together and how much fun we had. And I just remember thinking, what happened? What did we do wrong? Where did that go? We had this, um, you know, this great family dynamic and we had fun together. And I remember for the longest time, dinners were just awful because it was just a tough time of night and trying to get everybody eat dinner and then getting ready for bed. And it was just miserable. And well, yeah, and the, and the whole time, in the back of your mind, you're just like, "What? What's going to explode? What? What? Do, what do I have to watch out for? Can we? You know?" And all, it, I, I always, I kind of talk about, you know, sometimes because I used to, um, I was going, I was working uh, kind of out of Charlotte where we live. I was had to drive like uh, I'm trying to remember, it was probably about an hour yeah, to where I was working. I was contracting with somebody, and invariably I would it would take a lot just to get out and there's another whole story there but uh, I would get these calls like halfway to where I was going and she'd be screaming in the phone at me come back here now you know we want you here now and I just I, you know it kind of felt like my brain was split in half you know half mm. of trying to work trying to get some be productive the other half was worried about her and the youngest one and are they safe or they're gonna you know what's going on is it gonna you know so it was uh that was you know like i said it was a uh, mentally it was just yeah. draining and she did and it to either of us like i her older brother i would take him out to a homeschool co-op and then we'd have some time together and we'd go work out at the y and they'd get these calls from her you got to come home right now and just angry and demanding and and when she was in that kind of place of rage <laughs> you looked at her and her eyes were like, she was it's like, well, she wasn't there. You know, there just, there was just something really off and uh, it didn't kind of matter at that point, what you said, yeah. you know, the, there was no reasoning with her about it. There was no, you know, doing things to calm and sell her when she'd gotten to that point of anxiety. It was you so. You just had to kind of protect yourself and, and yeah. try to keep her safe too. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, she wasn't, it wasn't a continuous no fit but, of rage but, the, but it was more demanding the, things happen it was being stuck in the bathroom for hours i mean she took a shower one time for like i mean it was over two hours because 
the hot water ran out and she's standing there cold and wet in the bathroom. It's like, well, you got to wait until the water yeah, comes back on. It, it didn't get enough hot water. Um, just, you know, thinking back, I you know just how crazy it was. And yet it was kind of our normal life for the longest time. Um, and we're still sane. <laughs> we're still, yeah, still. And so for you guys with working with um, your daughter and you said your younger daughter also suffered but was that kind of after, like, I guess where I'm getting with uh, getting at with this question is, you know, um, I imagine at the first is, is a lot of confusion. You're not sure what to do. You're trying this, you're trying that. Uh, but then eventually there became, there, there was a turning point and, and you guys started to understand more. You, you had the tools and the resources to, to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, was your younger daughter after, like, were you guys ready to, um, and more experience with the younger daughter, or was it like? Well, I'm sorry, just the, the ready. Yeah. You know, you're never I can, ready, I guess. I re- well, I remember the the first night our second daughter, she she had um, a, a kind of a meltdown, breakdown, whatever you want to call it, where uh, she woke up with her her stuffed animals. Where she was worried about, and she went into the bathroom and started doing this almost the same thing that my mm. daughter. And I remember going, oh, my God, I can't do this again, you know. And um, so, yeah, ready. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we were seeing we had found a great therapist for our older daughter from the International OCD Foundation. That's a great resource. They have a website, IOCDF.org. Found a therapist locally that took our insurance that specialized in OCD, which is what you really need when dealing with that. And had been going to her and it was usually me taking her. And so our youngest was there with us. And I mean, probably by age two, we were seeing things in the younger child. And I remember talking with the therapist because it was kind of like, is she just copying her sister (laughs) or is this really OCD? And, you know, with a young child, it's hard to know. She grew up with this in the house. And is, is this just copying behavior? And we wondered for a long time. And she had some other symptoms that we I've looked up and were typical of OCD with really young children. And, um, you know, you'd think, you know, we, after going through it with her and, and one thing I realized was I wish we had gotten help sooner when she was showing these weird fears and other behaviors, um, the whole year before, you know, getting help sooner is better before it gets to the extreme point. There's mild and moderate forms of OCD. It doesn't have to be severe, and we'll never know whether that would have made a difference. But I always thought with the younger child, okay, we're going to get help early. And we started reaching yeah, out well, to people and, and she started going to the same therapist. And well, we kind of thought, you know, we, well, we know, we know what to do now. By that time you we know? had done a lot of research, yeah. a lot of learning, you know, we were not yet working with other families, but well, um, the, the problem with it was though, that OCD is one that, that shows itself in so many different formats, I guess you'd say, it might be a way. I mean, all basically the same principle, you know, it's the the, compul- the obsessive thoughts and the compulsions that they try to follow. But with our second one, I can remember going, oh, well, we, we know the tools. We know how to, we can, we can just start working with the tools right away. And we, we should be able to, you know, I, my, my way was saying nip it in the bud now, you know, but right. But it it showed itself in such a different way. Yeah. It, you know, and I, I don't want to go into what that way was, but it it was a very personal way. But it was different than what my daughter went through. Oh, my so shaping what we learned, the tools, 
it took it's still you know we're still trying to <laughs> having some issues with it and trying to work with it but we had to reshape those tools differently to fit yeah, a different I, type of you know a way of showing it so well and shows. you know different personalities mm -hmm. you know um yeah, you, you know, you can't parent every child the same way because they're different. They're different. They have different strengths and weaknesses. And and like with the OCD and any anxiety disorder, it manifests differently, even if it looks similar at times. And so, uh, yeah, despite our knowledge and having been through this. Um, now, we don't want a third time. So we're, we're you know. We've got, we're, we're learning good. We're, we're done with learning. No. You know, and, and getting the help is challenging. Um, there are resources and things out there because one um, cause of OCD is pediatric autoimmune dysfunction um, can trigger OCD. There's a great clinic here in Charlotte for it, but it's completely out of pocket. So the expense mm. is just the average person can't afford it. Well, it's a thousand dollars for the initial just, visit just an alone initial consultation. Um, that's just the initial consult. And you know, and there is a limited number of therapists who specialize in OCD, and some of them don't take insurance, or they only take certain insurances. So, well, that's I guess that's kind of why I know for myself and for us to hope help people kind of coach them. We can at least coach them. We're we're not trained in in that in the therapy, but we've been through it so many times that we could, we yeah. can help people at least know a direction to go. Yeah. There's some great to, books and resources out there. There's a workbook for kids. We got for our, our second daughter, you know, using those tools with her. Um, yet it, it can be isolating to, you know, figure out what this is. You know, we took her to yeah. professionals to, uh, <laughs> to be assessed. We, you know, we took her from a pretty young age. I took her to a psychologist when she was five, the younger one, and she wanted to do all these tests and assessments on her. And she also has some extreme social anxiety. And she didn't know this therapist and she wouldn't complete all her tests. Um, and so just, you know, and then we took her to a developmental uh, pediatrician. And because she didn't have physical delays or intellectual delays, she's like, oh, I can't, I can't uh, work with her, but it was, she had social delays. She had things that interfered with her social functioning. Um, and so just trying to get the help you needed, you know, so you're feeling really lost. Uh, yeah. Lost. Yeah. You know, like I'm a health professional and I'm struggling to find resources for things. You can only imagine people who really have no clue. You know, there's so many kids out there that get labeled with behavior disorders and things and you don't know what's going on. You know, OCD is more prevalent than we realize. Well, yeah, and you know what? My the podcast uh, I started because of my the first daughter is called Invisible Wheelchair, and reason for that is because you know if you there's no physical um, presence with this, there's nothing you know they don't have a big you know something on the side of their head or whatever that and shows it. A lot of it. times, the behaviors they kind of keep it in check when they're out in public, right? They they try to control and manage it, so. To the average person, they don't really they see much see of anything it. other than her overhand washing. Her hands would really be dry and red, cracked and, and bloody chapped. almost. Um, but other than that, right? It's it's an invisible illness. Like when we we talk about the fact of, um, you know, when you're when you have a, a sickness like cancer or uh, you're in the hospital, like I I have been in myself. People flock to you, bringing you 
dinner. They bring, they do, you know, they came, when I was in the hospital, they came to a house and cleaned our yard up. You know, mm. when you have a mental thing, a mental illness like OCD or any, people go the other direction and they're oh, yeah. afraid and not, not to criticize anybody that did that because they, they just don't know and they right. don't understand. They don't want to bother you. They, they don't want to mm. burden you. They know you're having struggles and they don't know what to do and they tend to, stay away, which unfortunately is not helpful. It's isolating, um, you know, and our, our daughter couldn't go to Girl Scouts for the longest time. She actually stopped dancing when she was 11 because the fears were so bad. She had very unreasonable fears around cigarettes. So if there was a mm. cigarette on the, on the ground and someone touched it, then their shoe became contaminated. And then if that shoe touched something else, it became contaminated. Yeah. And it got to the point where that's when we were contaminated she actually couldn't touch her dog for a couple months because of us touching the dog and, and these incidences. And she, I mean, she loves her dog. She's working as a dog trainer this summer right now. <clears throat> That's her passion. Um, yeah, she couldn't touch us. She couldn't touch anything. It was a, she, she ended up on the couch. And uh, it, that was, for me, that was the hardest thing of all. Not, to, you know, as a dad, as a parent, you know, when your child is coming to you crying, screaming, angry, whatever it is, and you can't grab them and go, it's okay. It's, you know, and give them a hug and, and say, we're right here for you. That was, that was probably the most heart-wrenching thing for me. Yeah. yeah. And it, as I say, through all this, as you guys have learned more and, and, and found, um, you know, found ways to kind of deal with it. Is there, was there, do you guys have any answers to what started this with her or is it still just kind of a mystery? And so obsessive compulsive disorder, it has a genetic component. Um, okay. It can be triggered by life stressors, but there's no known, you know, particular cause um, that can, affected so she obviously had the um you know it's it was showing signs earlier look you know i didn't see that until it had gotten severe but it just like some people get cancer or heart disease or diabetes and things it it um unfortunately yeah, there's, it's, a... there's no known reason or whatever right for it to happen but you know identifying what it was was kind of the key in getting help having the therapist that specialized in OCD was that's a big part. It, you know, huge. if I was to tell anybody anything is, if you get a therapist, they have to know OCD. They really need to know the uh, exposure response prevention therapy or ERP therapy. It's very important because that's kind of like the gold standard for for recovery. That's how uh, my first daughter got past it, and I think I think we're doing the same thing with our second daughter. I think she's getting there with it. Let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing today. You, you mentioned the, the podcast and in some coaching, but if there's somebody that's uh, listening to this episode and they're like, yeah, I'm completely resonating with this and, and they want to learn more about what you guys are doing, where, where can they learn more about this? Um, let's talk a little bit. You've, you've got the website, invisiblewheelchair.com. And um, sounds like you're coaching, you're podcasting. What, what's all going on in, in that space? Well, the invisiblewheelchair.com uh, is, is the uh, OCD anxiety uh, podcast. And it, it's got a lot of resources. It's got, there's 
I've interviewed, oh, I don't know how many, probably 30 or so different therapists, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of them specializing in OCD. So there's all kinds, of, there's resources up there. Uh, we also have our other website is uh, the focusedhealthyfamily.com or uh, that's our uh, Gina and I's business uh, together where we've worked one-on-one -on -one with um, families and we also do parent communication workshops because that's such an important factor in all of this. You know, it, we realize that things like anxiety affect the entire family and that we we realize that a lot of times you go and get a kid help and they're only being addressed, the child is the only one being addressed and how important it is to help the family. And that through our struggles and trying to find resources and all the scrambling we had to do, we realized we wanted to be able to provide that for other other families who are going through issues and to kind of help give them resources, be support, help coach them and kind of also direct them to some other resources that can be helpful. And so that's kind of how we got into this because um, we had of to, our yeah. journey, you know, just really mm -hmm. wanting to help other families who were dealing with these things and not getting answers from other places. And well, and, and I guess to me, the biggest point of it, of what we do is, even in telling the story, and, and we've told this, we told we've told it probably a hundred <laughs> times, it feels like, but I think it's really important to be able to show other people hope. Because yeah. I, you know, when we were in the midst of this and we were in the worst of it, I I looked for any crack of hope I could could find, any little smidgen of it, you know, the the moment uh, you know that I can remember one it was really strange sometimes how it happened, but there was a, a one time where our daughter seemed to like come out of the OCD. I, she was in a rage and come out of it crying. And mm -hmm. like the OCD went away for, and it was only for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, to be honest with you, where she just broke down. We were able to hug her and hold her and talk to her. And it gave me the bit of hope I needed to keep going because that, like I said, that was to me the toughest thing to have to know, you know, there was so much time when it just felt like, oh my God, it just never, we're never going to get past this. We're never going to yeah. have, never going to have her back as she, our daughter. going to function again, you know, kind of robbed her of years of her childhood and to this, she's 19 now and she doesn't have a lot of memories of this time period. I think any kind of anxiety can really mess with your memory. Um, and so many of these things are kind of a blur for her, but having that hope for her, her dog was what kind of propelled her forward. She wanted to be with her dog and that motivated her. The, um, in fact, things got really bad when she was 11 and that summer, her cousins were coming down from out of state and we were gonna go, my sister does a kids camp um, she, but she has a dog training business and so she does this week-long camp for kids learning all about dogs and different businesses and things that incorporate dogs and so she wanted to do that so that gave her motivation to do that so finding you know what knowing what their interests are can make a big difference and and, and having something to look forward to yeah. and um you know we you know we tell the worst part of the story but to know that she did she did a lot of hard work in therapy we did diet changes and we had to use medication and we we've done all kinds of things to get her the help um and she's thriving i she's, mean uh, ocd is, is not really a curable kind of disorder but it is a manageable one and that's a, another message we try to get out to people is that yeah it, it it seemed it's rough 
but you know like i said she's managing her life right now she's living a fairly normal life but she still has she still has some issues with things she still has I kind of call it little quirky kind of things and, and stuff. That Certain things she avoids and fears. She still doesn't, you know, cigarette butts on the ground are still difficult for her and she avoids them. Um, but she's living a life. She's, she, you know. She is. She's actually working this summer as a dog trainer, living with a friend three hours <laughs> yeah. away from home and functioning. We, and you, you know, you would have asked us 10 years ago yeah, if we, we, we would have never imagined that because it just didn't seem like that was going to be a possible thing. So Right. And you talked about just looking for hope. And I think so many of us that deal with mental health uh, issues, you know, I, I had my battles with depression and I was the same way every day I would wake up and I just wanted a sliver of hope. Like you said, just mm -hmm. something to let me know that this is going to be okay and that I'm not alone, especially in this. So for you guys as, as, as a couple, um, do you find that it's strengthened your relationship as you've gone through this? Because I imagine there was probably some difficult times. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, we've we've kind of co-parented uh, throughout the years. Uh, Don started his own business, um, and I work part-time, and we've kind of juggled our schedules. So we've both been very involved with our kids. Um, we went through and because we stuff, going yeah. through all this, you know, we kind of had to do a lot of tag teaming, especially the <laughs> years where things were flared up. You know, I'd uh, come home from work and he'd fill me in on what had happened and then he'd go off to do what he had to do. And uh, so, yeah, communication was key, you know, in, in communicating with it. So and, you know, it's brought us together doing this as a business. We've just about three years now we've been doing this together, working with families. So, um it has it because it, it can tear people apart. It's it, well, you know, and there were times when it it because well, one of the pro the things you have with any couple uh, parents that I see a lot is one one believes they know the route, the other one believes they know the route that the healing, or one believe and knows and understands what's going on with the child, what mentally is going on with the child, and the other parent just doesn't believe it. This doesn't mm. think she thinks they're they're fake. He a lot of times it's a dad. I hate I don't mean to be prejudiced, right. uh, you know, but it they just don't believe, you know, because a lot of times these kids that are that are dealing with these disorders, whether it's OCD or an anxiety of any sort, they're very intelligent kids. They're they're and the the one parent a lot a lot of times will think, well, they're smart. They should be able to get through this, you know. So you have that that kind of dynamic happening. That doesn't. That's what can split somebody apart. And I think I don't think we've ever. You know, there's times when she's thought she's we knew the better way, and we, things, but but, but uh, we always found a way to get to a, a an agreement or, or a way to do it. And I I counted on Gina a lot because of her. She's in. The, the the medical field, I guess you'd say, or that, yeah. that. And and even though I didn't work specifically in mental health, that crosses the board of you know all kinds right. of illnesses um, anyhow. So I had a little bit of knowledge and experience and my training in, in school from well, that. The, so the other big part is she had the mother's heart. <laughs> that was well, that was the thing that led us was her heart. She was the one that brought compassion into it that didn't allow me to be too military, you know, right. and that was what was really cool about it is, you know, she, she guided from there instead of from here. You know, and yeah. we, we helped each other whenever, even now with our youngest, 
if we're just drained and exhausted, we're like, you know, tag, you're it. I can't do yeah. this tonight. I need you to take care of it. And so we, you know, we helped each other out. There were times when we didn't agree and we were frustrated with each other. I mean, it, we didn't have a lot of time for each other, you know, as far as doing things together as a couple right. for a long time. Um, I, I remember, gosh, I don't know how long this ago this was, when we finally like ate dinner and we had like time to do something after <laughs> house was quiet, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, yeah. and our youngest was old enough to be busy. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, we, this is what an evening looks like. Because <laughs> wow. we had so many yeah. years, we didn't have that opportunity. Um, What's going to happen? <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the shoe, the other, was it the waiting for the other yeah, shoe to drop? Gonna drop yeah. Well, you guys are definitely an inspiration, I think, for because there's I know so many um, parents that that they their children have, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety or, or you know, any other type of, you know, medical or, or mental health related issue. And, and, and it could definitely drive. I've seen it drive wedges in 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 families and in kind of splintered a family so to know that you guys were able to you know stay strong and get through this together and kind of balance each other out is i think it's going to be it's, it's an inspiration to me and i imagine and i'm you know um and i haven't gone through what you've gone through and it's still inspiring to me so if uh we've kind of shared some links but if somebody wants to get a hold of you let's go ahead and uh let them know the websites again and um, social media. I, I see you have some social media links on your, on, one, on, on at least on the podcast website, but where can people so, find you guys? Um, so, uh, www.focused, focused with an ED, focusedhealthyfamily.com. And like I said, the invisiblewheelchair.com. And we have Focused Healthy Family Facebook page. In fact, what we've been doing lately is um, some based on the communication workshop, that's a six week workshop that we're due and we're gonna be doing again in the fall, we've been doing like 20, 30 minute free introductory workshops on our Facebook page, doing Facebook Lives to give people an idea of what is involved in the communication workshop, doing some role play and some examples from that. So we have that going on. Yeah. And our website's got more information about contacting us. It's got other links and resources, especially to OCD um, resources and anxiety. Just, um, mm -hmm. Um, with other books and other places to go for help. Yeah, and there's an event event uh, page on the on the Focus Healthy Family site. They can find all those dates and stuff that we talked about. Okay, yeah, and I'll make sure I include those in the description. So uh, anybody listening, don't don't worry about writing them down. We'll have them available for you. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that your daughter's doing well and she's, you know, <laughs> sounds like she's living the life of a, a night. You said she's 19 now yep, and out and living with a friend. So that um, I, I think that that goes to say a lot about her strength, but also goes to say a lot about your guys' strength and uh, ability to, to help her work through this. So kudos, kudos to you all, your whole family. And um, I appreciate you coming on the show and this podcast is all about letting people know or at least my goal for this podcast was to let people know they're not alone in whatever their struggles are and mm -hmm. that there is hope and uh, yeah you guys have shown that so thank you so much for being on the show thank you thank you for having us we love that you do this podcast and to give people hope and we've been glad to be here share our story you know to help others yeah thanks brian appreciate it well, there you go. There you have it. My conversation with Don and Gina Grothoff.
if, uh, if you'd like to learn more about OCD, you'd like to learn more about the work they're doing, or if you yourself or someone you know suffers from OCD, make sure you go check out their websites and the podcast. I will have all the links in the description below. Uh, don't wait. Get help if you need it. There's that, you know, we've got to end the stigma, right? There's always seems to be a stigma attached to these different physical and mental health related issues. Uh, well, you're not alone, right? You're not alone. So uh, make sure you check out their website, show them some love and some, some support and, and they're there if you need them. So with that, we're going to end today's episode. I encourage you to follow this podcast if you have not already. Uh, follow it on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts. This should be out pretty much everywhere. And uh, once again, if you do us a great favor and just share out this podcast on your social media feeds and, uh, you know, show the love a little or show the show show the show, show the show a little love and support. Uh, but until next time, folks, uh, make sure that you aim high, be courageous, and go do amazing things.